Hello beautiful people, this is Kylie Webb and I am bringing you the second episode on Judaism. Now for this episode, I want to go deeper into this understanding of how the Jews perceived God and how that reflected in the scripture and their actions and the portrayal of other people. So how they portrayed people and how they set up their society their patriarchal society, which was different than other societies and different than other religions. Now, I have a question for you before we start and a question that I want you to think about once we're done. And it is, do you think God the same way that the Jews think about God? And if so, why? And if not, then why? So, if you are a Jew or you are a Christian, then you've probably focused a lot of your attention on positive verses and you probably skimmed as fast as possible through the very hard verses that were about stealing, killing, and destruction. But I would say for most of us, we tried to go very fast past those uh, passages. But today, we are actually going to go into them in order to ask these hard questions that are at hand. So, first thing that I want to bring to your attention is the verse of Hosea 13, 4, 9, and 16. And this verse is, you shall acknowledge no God but me. You are destroyed, Israel. The people of Samaria must bear their guilt because they have rebelled against their God. They will fall by their sword. Their little ones will be dashed to the ground. Their pregnant woman ripped open. That is a very brutal verse. That is a very, very brutal verse. The next one is um, even more brutal. It's Isaiah 13, 9 through 16. See, the day the Lord is coming, a cruel day with wrath and fierce anger. I will put an end to the arrogance of the haughty. Their infants will be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses will be looted and their wives violated. Wow, that is a lot. (laughs) And then the last verse that I want to bring about is this one in Leviticus 26, 27 through 29. And if you will not for all this hearken unto me, but walk contrary unto me, then I will walk contrary unto you also in fury. And I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins, and ye shall eat the flesh of your sons, and the flesh of your daughter shall ye eat. So, what these verses have in common is the Jews sinned, and God is explaining the punishment of their sins. And he's talking about how your women will be raped, your babies will be thrown against rocks, and you're going to eat your sons and daughters. (laughs) So, these are not light verses. These are very intense. And we know that there are very, very wonderful verses in the Bible. There's things talking about God's mercy, his love endures forever. But there's also this side of God that is recorded by the Jews of intense wrath and fury of you were wrong, so I punish you. There's this idea of um, a dualistic perspective of right versus wrong. You do this, I hurt you. You good, 
you get reward. <laughs> and it's very black and white. It's very absolute. You don't follow me, this is what happens. If you do follow me, this is what happens. And so in the Old Testament, it goes back and forth, back and forth. They're doing great. They're rewarded. They're doing horrible. They're punished. They're doing great. And it's just like this cyclical loop of destruction and reward over and over and over again. And it's almost like, when is it going to end? <laughs> and then there's verses where um, God approves of the massacre, the genocide of people so that the tribes have a place to live. And that's Judges 18, 1 through 28, which is a very hard book to read in the Bible. And it talks about how um, your journey has the Lord's approval. Then they took what Micah had made and his priests and went on to Laish against a people at peace and secure. They attacked them with the sword and burned down their city. The Danites rebuilt the city and settled there. So it's interesting because the first question that comes to my mind is why couldn't the Jews live in peace with people who are at peace? Why did the Jews have to destroy them in order to rebuild their own city? Why could they not live in harmony even though they weren't from the same people? Why couldn't they do that? And there's so many questions that come from this. And what you see over and over again is that it says um, that God commanded them to kill everyone. God commanded them to murder everyone. Not just one person, but everyone. And if they didn't, they got in trouble. If they like kept the cattle or they kept some alive, they got in super duper big trouble. And so what you see around the Jewish religion is that there is a lot of death inside and around the Jewish religion. The Judaic belief system, the Judaic laws and commandments that they were given, especially in Leviticus, uh, the punishment was a lot of times death, cutting off hands, getting stoned, and they weren't equal too. There were not equal protection against the different gender. So for males, they were protected against certain things that females weren't protected in. So it didn't even mention the female counterpart, it just said for men. And so you could see that the potentiality, there was a lot more protection with the patriarchal system than there were for women. So for example, there's a verse in Deuteronomy that says if two men are fighting <laughs> and then a woman grabs the private part of the man, then you have to cut her hand and have no pity. But what's interesting is there is no uh, reciprocity for the woman. If two women are fighting and then a man grabs a woman inappropriately, there is nothing mentioned in that law. And the Jews who took the Torah very literally, um, that is a disadvantage for the woman, especially if the whole society is shaped around a patriarchal system meant that men benefit more than women in positions of leadership. And so if a man and a woman were put in a position, then guess who most often is found to have an upper hand? So again, there's many passages in the Old Testament where God says, okay, if you go into this nation and you um, defeat it, you can take the women and you can go into them. And you can do this, you can do this. And a lot of just strange passages that just don't seem to really 
makes sense. It, and what it's interesting about it is that God is painted as a God of war, as God is for the Jews and is against the others. And there's this us versus them mentality that God is for the Jews and he is against. That's a very big deal because what that shows is by saying God chooses some and then doesn't others and he actually wants you to murder people and within the commandments, within the 613 commandments and uh, rules and laws within the Jewish religion where there are tons of things where if you disobey you either get stoned or something cut off, this uh, Jewish uh, place, this Jewish group of people are surrounded by a lot of death and there seems to be a correlation of that when they go out and they, you know, uh, kill people. And so, let's just take it from a perspective of someone who isn't Jewish. So, imagine you are someone, the Leish, the people in the Leish who are at peace. And then all of a sudden, you're at peace, minding your own business, and then all of a sudden, you see from afar all these Jewish people with swords screaming, running with blood in their eyes, and just like dogs running to you, about to murder you. <laughs> what do you think? Oh my goodness, what are these people doing? We need to get out of here. And then their reason to do that is because you are evil, because you're unrighteous, and so you deserve to die. Because my God said that you deserve to die because we get this land because the creator is on our side and he's not on your side. Just think about how you would feel. Like, what would you feel like? Oh my goodness, the creator of the universe is against me for being in this position, for not being born with the Jews. Oh my goodness, like I'm going to die because I'm just here. So it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And when you put yourself in people's positions that are outside of what you normally see, the normal paradigm, and you critically think about this, you start to see correlations and association throughout history that make you think, oh my goodness, this isn't something new. People all throughout the centuries have used the creator as an excuse to murder, kill, and destroy, to take women and go into them, to take property, to take possession, to take over land in the name of God because God is for them and against others. And that's just such an interesting idea to assume that God is only on one side and not on other people's side. That he only listens to one major group of people and not another major group of people. That he has favorites. And you know who else used that excuse? That... <clears throat> they were evil and they deserved to die and we were we are going to murder them are the catholics when they went on the crusades and they went in and they conquered and they murdered and they took the women and they went into them they took the possessions and they conquered them in the name of god so you start to see associations and you start to see similarities and you wonder it begs the question is god really in the midst of war and he's saying i want you to go kill them and I am for you and I am against them. Is that really where God stands in the middle of the affairs? Does he really stand in the middle of murder and death and killing? Or potentially could there be something else at play? Potentially could be there be people 
who are saying they're speaking on behalf of God and say, I'm a prophet and this is what God said. And then people are like, oh my goodness, yes, yes, let's follow them. And here's the thing is that when it comes to fact checking, these people who said, I'm a prophet and this is what God told us to do. This is what God said. How are you supposed to fact check them? Because during those times, you know, these stories in the Bible, these stories in the Old Testament were being written. They were writing as they were going. How are they supposed to compare it to what? And to how are they supposed to know for sure that it's from God? Who are they supposed to compare it to? And so for me, the comparison I make is the reality of who God is versus the reality of who God is not. So, for example, if you see God in opposition, as if you see God as for some and against others with this us versus them mentality with um, this, they deserve to, um, die, then you will project those characteristics onto God. But if you see God as picking no favorites, as perfect, as level-headed with no ego, and not focused on war, on killing, stealing, destroying, then that's different. And your expression of how you see God is different than other people. The reality is, none of us were alive during this period. And so we can't say, oh, this really happened, or this is really true. What happens is a lot of people in Judaism and Christianity are banking, are having faith that these words are truly from God. Even though they don't know for sure, even though they weren't there, even though they don't know, they are having faith that that is the true reality of God, that he truly said these words, that he truly wanted genocide after genocide. He wanted people to be killed. He advocated destruction and stealing and letting the people go into foreign women and such extreme different laws of punishment within the people. But see, that's the thing. At the end of the day, You have a choice to make and you can either put other people's experiences of God first or you can put your own experience of God first. And you have the ability to compare the two. So for example, if in the Old Testament there's a ton of war and there's a ton of bloodshed and there's a ton of murder and punishment crimes for people who do not obey the 613 commandments, Compare that to the New Testament. It's very different, right? And then compare it to your personal experience. It's also very different. And people who say, oh, well, you see, the Old Testament was like that because there was no Messiah. There was no Savior. And I would say, well, first of all, not all Jews were doing that. There were a sect of Judaism called the Essenes who never partook of animal sacrifices, who never went out and started wars with different countries in order to conquer them. They were doing their own thing. They were enjoying the Lord. And so not everyone was partaking of that. So with this podcast, the question is, does your idea of God seem different than how the Jews saw God? Could potentially God be more than what the Jews saw God as? Potentially, 
Could the Jews have used God as an excuse to steal, kill, and destroy, and to capture land? And if so, why did they do it? Were they weak? Were they in need of help? Were they doing it because they felt less? And so there's a lot of questions, and I'm not saying that I know, because again, I wasn't there. All I have is my personal experience with God, just like you. And we can either have faith in other people's experiences of God, such as the Old Testament and the New Testament, or we can put our personal experiences of God first above the experiences of God of others. Because at the end of the day, of course, I could have a relationship with God through someone else's relationship with God. I could read, you know, the story of Noah all day and experience God through Noah's eyes, but that's still Noah's story. That's still Noah's experience of God. We don't know Noah. For all we know, we have no idea. This is just what's written down. And so at the end of the day, I really encourage you to consider your personal experience with God and to really define your relationship, really define, is it according to this God that is expressed in the Old Testament? Is it according to that template or could my relationship with God be more than that? Could the creator of the universe be more expansive? Could the creator of the universe be more inclusive? Not have favorites, not ask people to commit a genocide. And if that's the case, then that begs the question, did the Jews do it for their personal gain? Or were they really told by God to go against, to go into so much war and to kill so many people in the name of God? But again, we weren't there. So these are great questions to ask. And there's really multiple ways to go about it, but the two main ways that people go about it is, I was never there, I have no idea, but I'm still going to have faith because that's just me. I'm going to have faith about other people's experience of God because that's all I know, that's what I grew up in, and that's what I'm going to do. And then there's a second group of people who are going to continually question, who are going to continually wonder and grow and learn and not just take someone's word as the uh, perfect, inerrant, complete, infallible word, and they're going to question everything, and they're going to put their personal experience of God first, because they know, they know that because they're experiencing it. And so I really just encourage you with this to question yourself. What are you putting first? Are you putting other people's experience of God first? Are you trying to defend their experiences of God? Or are you putting your own experience of God first? And if so, why? Alright, so that's all for this episode. And remember, I love you guys. And I appreciate you all. And I hope you had a wonderful time in this podcast. Go eat something yummy. Maybe go on a run. Enjoy yourselves. And uh, stay tuned for podcast three.